Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello Snowflakes. Hello Richard. This is exciting, isn't it? Yes, um, what, what you, we should probably tweet a picture out or something, shouldn't we? For the yeah. first time since, I reckon, March the 17th. We're together again. We are, we are back together. We are sat across a desk. Reunited. Don't, don't worry, there is enough social distancing in this, in this new podcast studio, so we are not, um, we're not infecting each other. Uh, but we are back, and we can, and, the, and the vibe is so much better. It's nice, isn't it? it? It's so much better because I can see I can see every wrinkle on your face, Steve. And there are many of them, aren't there? I, I think you've had a good lockdown, actually. I've uh, somebody somebody said I was uh, I, had a, I was tanned the other day, and I did think, you know, is it just dirt? Is it have I just <laughs> have I just let personal hygiene slide during the lockdown? But, Lo- uh, lockdown tan. Well, I I mean I, I that that week off where of course I didn't actually have a week off because I still dear listener came to see you. Um, and did the podcast, but uh, but yeah, I spent some time in the sun, and it was lovely. It was lovely. We I'm did a, have some time in the sun. You're looking good. A little good. bit bronzed. I'm a little bit bronzed, mainly in the bits you can't see. Good. Because I was doing proper sunbathing with tiny speedos. Oh, marvellous! Yeah. Sexy beast style. That absolutely, yeah, yeah. That was that was me for that week. Anyway, what a thought, lady listeners. Here we are. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh. Yeah. I mean, come oh, on. I am. I'm a metrosexual. You know. Um, so. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. As always, an absolute pleasure. We will first of all get to the news. Again, I don't think probably not quite time just to get your news from us. No, I would news still. Out there. I would still carry on logging onto the European website, maybe checking in a bit of the Today program or whatever, yeah. just to make well, sure. While it still you, exists. While it still exists. While the BBC still exists. Exactly. Absolutely. So Have a look at the Guardian while that still exists. <laughs> hey, I mean. My heart bleeds for any it's journalist who is, times, who, who, is, who is facing uh, facing having to find a new job. Yeah, good luck to I'll all tell of you what, guys. If if the people at Guido Forks who seem to find it funny that the Guardian were losing loads of loads of jobs, uh, if they started losing their jobs, I'm not sure my heart would bleed too much for them. But there you go. Yes, we should never laugh at a journalist losing their job, or indeed anyone losing their job. And no, we, we of can not. I'm sure you that will not happen unless the Prime Minister were to lose his. That yes, might be. that would be funny. Quite funny. I'll tell you what else I didn't laugh at this week. Can, yeah. I, can I tell you? Well, just a second. After we've done the news, yeah, we're going to be... I've, I'm so excited about this. I'm speaking oh, to... This is, this is your thing, My new favourite person, who is a chap called uh, Frida Rockwell who's got a brilliant Twitter account. Um, well, I mean, I don't want to say too much, but basically he approached lots of important people and asked them 
of rather mundane and extraordinary question and got lots right. of replies. His, his Twitter is fantastic. He's going to tell you all about it in a few minutes. Um, so far, he's only got two followers, of which I am one. I implore you all to follow him because it okay. is a ray of light on Twitter. Is, so and is he actually called Fredo after the ill-fated Corleone <laughs> brother? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That's his name. That's he's his called Fredo Rockwell. I mean, it's a fantastic name. It's an absolutely superb name and an absolutely superb Twitter account. You wouldn't and want to get in a rowing boat with him, I would, I would no, say that. No, I know it was you. It was you. Um, but uh, yes, I, I think that the stardom beckons for this young man. I can see a, a publishing deal coming his way before too long. Uh, so we will speak to to um, Friedel Rockwell uh, midway through the pod, and then of course we will crown, as always, a Brexiteer of the week. So Steve, what else didn't you laugh at this week? Well, I, I didn't laugh at Boris Johnson's joke. I mean, I did. Oh, yeah. I did. I did quite laugh at. <coughs> we said we shouldn't laugh at people losing their jobs. I did have a little giggle at Chris Grayling not getting his job. But Boris Johnson's joke about Keir Starmer was just amazing, wasn't it? He's got more briefs than Calvin Klein. And he just went, are you getting these from old episodes of Only Fools and Horses? And it just sounds like... A pony in your pocket. It just sounds like something Del Boy might have said to... I'll get my red suitcase from the van. Right, he's got more briefs than Calvin Klein, Grandad. <laughs> and then Uncle Al... Did you watch it? Did you watch Only Fools and Horses? Yeah, yeah, but I did. I loved Only Fools and Horses at the time because I'm British. And I, it's, I think when he said that, I just thought, it, on one hand, it's totally stupid and meaningless. <laughs> and on the other hand, it, it's great because it sounds like Only Fools and Horses and British people think that Del Boy falling through the bar is the funniest thing that's ever happened. Well, I was about nine when that happened and it. Will, I, I did laugh out loud when it happened. I'm not sure when I would it, yeah. see it again. On the 60th time of watching yeah. it is less funny now, oh, isn't it? Play it cool tree. <laughs> of its time, perhaps. But I thought, it's, isn't it a shame if he's going to go down the Del Boy route, will he turn up wearing the, the, the coat? I hope so. If, imagine if he did PMQs, Boris wearing the coat. <laughs> And um, yeah. and he said the instead of instead of let's get going the next Brexit campaign the pro get ready for Brexit campaign is going to be called he who dares wins <laughs> and um, yeah well he already misquotes Latin so why not French I guess you know that's right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Um, this time next year the NHS will all be millionaires that was the yeah. slogan in the referendum that won it and um, this time next week this time, yes exactly. <laughs> Um, who out of Only Fools and Horses would have voted Remain? Would right. anybody have voted Remain? Right. Well, I don't think Delboy would have, because he was definitely, definitely not. Definitely a Thatcherite. I think that... Although um, he did, you know, the single market, him and Arthur Daly were both very keen uh, on the single market, weren't they? Yeah, but anyway... Interesting, interesting. I think there was a there was a very funny episode, well, I, I say very funny, in my mind, it, it, I remember it as being very funny, where Rodney bought a fake ponytail off the market <laughs> and wore it so he looked like a yuppie. I think Rodney and Cassandra may have voted Remain. I think they would well, have I been think progressive Cassandra enough. is Remain. Yeah. yeah. Um, Raquel, oh, Raquel, perhaps, yeah, yeah, is perhaps. Remain. Because she was in the arts, of course, wasn't she? Well, she was, yeah. So she would, I think she would have been a Remainer, yeah. Um, and she was sort of the sensible one, wasn't she? Rod Raquel and Cassandra, I think... It's always the women that are sensible, just I as think, in real life. I think Bo I don't think Boise and Marlene's <laughs> no. vote is Marlene. I don't think we can count on Boise. Have you seen that Boise charges like seventy five quid for a cameo? 
You might have seen. I don't know if you guys have seen Cameo, but it's in the news this week, of course, because of because of Carol Baskin um, and Ralph Ralph Harris this week. And your friend Jimmy Savile. It was that was fantastic. I have to say that was fantastic. But um, yeah, Boise does it, and he's there. There was a brilliant Sunday Times article a few weeks back. He's made a fortune during lockdown on Cameo as Boise. I bet he has. And but the guy who's made the most supposedly (laughs) is that guy off the Inbetweeners. You know the guy who does those awful Ladbrook adverts? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says rude words. In fact, famously, one of the... It's a C word, but not the C word, but a C word that is used in the in-betweeners is the only banned word in the new European print edition. That's right, it is. Yeah, banned by, uh, banned by, by editor by Jasper Coppi. Jasper the reggae-loving, dub-reggae-loving... He said, that is the only word, and I'm sure lots of you know what that word is, yes. Lo- that is the only word Pusted. that goes but crosses the new European's decency line. He doesn't like it. Doesn't like he it. likes dub reggae, but he doesn't like the C word. So um, tell me more about Grayling, then. Well, I mean, what a magnificent um, moment in Chris Grayling's ill-starred career. <laughs> I don't think there's any point going over his greatest hits, is there? Because <laughs> there aren't any. Um, it's like when bands that have only had one hit bring a greatest hits album out. Lords do that, don't Exactly, they? yes. Um, in fact, um, somebody that I uh, knew briefly, who I've not seen for ages, but who I would like to see very much, who's, who is, um, who is uh, um, Brendan Coogan, who is uh, the brother of Steve Coogan and the leader of the Mock Turtles and a very nice uh, man. Is that right? I didn't know and, they were related. Uh, I yeah, know, the yeah, Mock yeah, Turtles, yeah. 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 And, uh, and he, wrote the, uh, he wrote all the songs for Steve Coogan's character, Tony Farino. Do you ah, remember that? Yes, Which I do, was, yeah, yeah. Was, was, Funnier than it seemed at the time, I think. In hindsight has been kinder to it than the critics were, right, I would right, say. Right. Um, but, um, um, but yeah, he was in the Mock Turtles. They famously had, what was it called? Can You Dig It? Can, Can you, you name another song it? by the Mock Turtles? Oh yeah, nope. No, I'm not sure even some members of the Mock Turtles can name uh, another song by the Mock Turtles, but they do have a greatest hits. a greatest hits, um, which has obviously has features two versions of Can You Dig It. Well, I think there's a. I, I, We've got sorry. greatest hits album, which is I believe is called Can You Dig It, the greatest hits really, of the Mock Turtles. Really, and yeah. is that the first song? Yes, and the last song. Yeah. yeah, of course it is. Well, I remember. I've seen bands that do their only hit twice as yes. well. I, I think Echo Belly had a greatest hits album. Well, they had King of the Curb. Well, listen, I was listening gr- to... They had great... Th- so I could name two I songs by great things. Echo Belly. I liked the Echo Belly's the Belly. first album on, very good album, but that was literally their greatest hits album. Right, was it? Um, yeah, yeah. Dark Therapy is very good. Yeah, it was a good album, and I loved it when I was fifteen. Well, Chris Grayling, he's very much the um, he's the mock turtle. Well, he's the, not even the mock turtles. That's unfair is on the it's mock un, turtles. It's unfair on the mock turtles. So basically, he went for a job. Uh, he went for a job that was nailed on for him. It was in. Um, it was in intelligence, wasn't it? it was chairman of the intelligence <laughs> committee. And, There's an oxymoron, and, and which is which everyone, we had a good laugh about. And then, and then a secret campaign against him, which you think he might have spotted if he had ambitions to be head of the uh, intelligence committee, um, uh, brought him down. And I just wonder whether there is any. Uh, and we said we would mention this on the air. We did. We're we? waiting for Steve's car. It's been serviced. We're waiting to see how much he's going to set him back. Why don't you go for it, I'm going to go for it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hello, mate. So we're just trying to find out now. Uh, okay, great, I'll come in. 
How much do you use car? Did that tire, does that tyre need replacing, no? Tyre needs replacing, no, the tyre is fine. Is it? Wow. He's got legal tyres, this is good news. I would just like to confirm that Steve's Great. car... Great, thanks very much. Steve's car... See you shortly. What time do you close, by the way? Five o'clock. Oh, OK, I'll be doing well before that. Thank you. Steve's car is actually a matchbox car. <laughs> I'd just pretend, I'd just like to service it occasionally. That was fun, wasn't it? Steve's car actually is a matchbox yeah, car. It's very, it's very tiny. It's very eco-efficient. I bought it when I was um, thinking I would commute in, um, in um, London, and then within a matter of, a matter of moments, I was... Uh, no longer a commuter. I was commuting between London, like Norwich, and, our listeners. Norwich and Nottingham. <laughs> Yes, that's true. So we, normally we would cut that out of the pod, but you know what, I'm going to leave it in. It's really good. I'm going to leave it in because, good because real life things happen Absolutely. to people who do podcasts. So that is the, that's the sort of thing that would have happened to Chris Grayling during, <laughs> during a top-level <laughs> briefing by the Russian security services. Do you think Chris Grayling drives a Hyundai or whatever it is? I think he probably does an I-10, yes, like me. Um, is it something to do with his name, Chris Grayling? Well, the fact that it rhymes with failing and ailing and wailing and lends itself, flailing. It? There was an experiment, wasn't there, but where a guy had twins and he called one winner and one loser or something. Right. Maybe that is a similar thing has played out in Chris Failing's life. Yes, I think it might have done. Yeah. Um, and then what happened? Oh, also, do you remember Grayling from Inspector Morse? Are you too young to read? I'm not too. I'm not too young to have watched Inspector Moss. I think I just had better things to do. But I certainly remember. It, I certainly remember it being. Well, do you remember the pathologist who is not the? She was a lady pathologist. So it started off. There was the old grumpy pathologist, right? Who a younger version of the old grumpy fat pathologist who is uh, there is now a younger version of in Endeavour. Then there was a lady pathologist, yeah. not, but not the lady pathologist who came in it towards the end, who is who was then in Lewis and ended up right. getting off with Lewis. Right, in Lewis. right. This is about as interesting as you getting your MOT call, it Steve. Is, isn't it? <laughs> so we go back to this, so I get Halfords back on the line. Anyway, it was, it, for a time, it looked like Inspector Morse, who was frankly in his 60s and an alcoholic, mm. was going to get off with oh. this lady pathologist mm-hmm, who was mm-hmm. in, it looked to be in her early 30s and was very attractive. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah, just went... Yeah. Nah. It's not right, this, nah. is it? And nah. it, it, frankly, it, it teased you along for about three seasons and then it didn't really happen. Oh. But she was called Grayling. That's really? how they got on together. He was called Endeavour and she was called Grayling. Right. Which is, right. of course, a fish, isn't it? A Grayling, Grayling is a fish. It is, indeed, yeah. I didn't know Inspector Moss was an alcoholic. Well, he was an alcoholic, wasn't he? Was he a heavy drinker or a proper alcoholic? No, I think he was a heavy drinker, wasn't yeah. he? All right, all right. Uh, anyway. Well, I think it's it's to our great loss that Chris Grayling will not be uh, uh, dealing with intelligent things. Julian Lewis got the job. Yeah. With Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis got yeah. the job. <laughs> yeah. He was great in Natural Born Killers, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Julian Lewis. Um, uh, Juliet, she's a good actress, Juliet Lewis, isn't she? I've not uh, seen her in much for a while. Yeah. I think she'll be suited for this role. Yeah, I think she'll do well. I think she'll do well. Uh, what was she in? Cape Fear. Ooh, that's a film I've not uh, seen for a very long time. That, she was great in that, wasn't she? Um, and, and she was, um, she was, wasn't she in a Woody Allen film as well? Where strangely she oh. was attracted to the septuagenarian Woody Allen. <laughs> so that is sort of Inspector Morse. It was like Inspector Morse all over again. <laughs> well, I mean, we do need someone. I've read to... Woody Allen's book, by the way. He's 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 
fairly convinced that he's done nothing wrong. Right, well, I'm going to step away from this discussion. Yeah, um, it's fairly convinced. I do love that scene. I can't remember which film it's in, but I do love that scene where he's playing cello in a marching band. As well. You know, and he keeps having to pick his chair up and yeah. then play a little bit is more. It in Love and Death, that one. That I is a yes, it, it is, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, we do God need someone to get on top of our intelligence, of course, because we do. we've got a, a threat. Well, there is a threat. Yeah, there's a threat, isn't there? Yeah. Um, there is a threat. There's lots of threats, but there's one big threat. I mean, Julian Lewis, who is, who's been kicked out of the, the Tory party, which... That's um, outrageous, by the way. It is, it is. Um, Dominic Grieve called it toddler politics, yeah. didn't he? really, um, really. Um, I mean, that is Dominic Cummings well, it without is, a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And Malcolm Rifkind, who used to chair this committee ages ago, has said... Um, Boris Johnson is the author of his misfortune here. This has been handled in an extremely com- incompetent way. Yeah. Basically, as you will probably know because you've been following this story, um, but as I will tell you again, because I like to bore you, um, <laughs> as, as I, I've, I've just demonstrated. Get the that's on the phone. <laughs> Johnson and Cummings wanted to put Chris Bumbling, Mr Bean, uh, Monsieur Hulot, Chris Grayling in charge because they could tell him what to do and he would turn up with his shiny head and his smiley demeanour and yeah. and um, yes, there you mate. go. And Julian Lewis is actually an expert on this kind mm. of thing. Mm. He's been mm. chair of the Defence Committee before mm. and he won't be pushed around. And yeah. for this he's been kicked out of the, the, the tour. He's had the whip removed, yeah. And I mean, uh, Keith Simpson, who's... Um, he's lucky, that's all he's had removed yeah. with Cummings around. He, um, Keith Simpson Imagine also that. took to Twitter. I love Keith Simpson. He's a, he, was a, he was a fine MP and a great historian. We've yes. spoken about him before because he was he was one of he was a guest historian on the famous episode of i think it was called was it called nightline or something like that that channel four thing where oh, yeah, oliver yeah, reed yeah, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. on that episode where, yeah watch it on youtube it's fantastic Great. i also when when keith stood down um when the election was called he also would give me at least two or three times a week update me on what his cat who was i think he was called mr ginger or I was like, what his cat thought of the the campaign, and Very it was good. absolutely biting towards Boris Johnson. This cat does not like the prime minister. Um, Marvelous! Can we get him a job on the intelligence committee? Almost certainly, and we should probably get uh, the cat on the podcast. Frankly, um, so that that has been an interesting. Imagine if turn Chris Grayling went for a job as a human, and the only <laughs> other candidate was that, that cat. <laughs> I think the cat would win. The cat would definitely. All you've win. got to do is wear a suit and talk. Now I know this isn't very. This isn't a very visual medium. Oh, I was going to but, say by but the what way, what am I doing now? Maybe you can. You're masking up, but I'm I was not, going to say by the way. Yeah. Julian Lewis is going to release. Juliet Lewis is going to yeah. release the, and we say Juliet Bravo to this. Julian Lewis is going to release the Russia report. Mm. What do you think will be in the Russia report? Because we get excited about these, and then there's not reports, a great deal. So Chilcot, all of this. Mueller was another one. I. Th- I don't know, I'm actually talking through a mask now, I'm not sure if you can tell I'm a little bit more muffled. My glasses have steamed up, maybe I should take it off. I think you should take it off. Um, I, 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 have, I have no idea. I think probably what will be found is that the Russians at least... Had a go. Had a go, yeah. We um, were slow to... Yeah. I don't think Theresa yeah. May is going to come out of it very well. I think the Tory, you know, there's going to be a bit of oligarch influence on the Tory party, isn't Oligarchery. There? Yeah, a bit of oligarchy. That's a great word. Isn't like it? a bit of oligarchy. Oh, word that. Is. All right, shall I put my mask on now? Well, I think we both should for this particular section of the news, um, because, because of this course was the other thing, wasn't it? We have been told we've been told this week that we need to. Uh, I think you've got yours on inside out, there, Steve. I've got no. And also, you're supposed to put it over your mouth. Well, I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the masked wang. <laughs> 
You can't, I can't get it over these things. Oh, you're on earth, dude. We have, of course, we've been told that from the 24th of July. Yes. Um, unless you're Michael Gove. Unless you're Michael Gove. Well, uh, I mean, he's got a bit of time. You, you have to wear a mask if you go into a shop. Now, um, yes. In my day job, I'm not just a politics uh, reporter. I'm also uh, also deal with business. And Frank know, business. Yeah, and there's been a lot. There's been a bit of concern, I have to say, from some businesses saying, "Well, you know, we wish that we could have reopened when we reopened with this rule, because people have started to come back. Footfall actually um, here in Norwich, which is where we record the pod, is, is getting back to somewhere like normal. You know, mm. they're actually quite pleased with it. And I guess that would be the same for a lot of major cities and. Now, a bit more confusion, and I think really these are decisions that probably should have been taken when we actually lifted the retail lockdown. Yes, I agree. Um, and I can't see, I, I don't have a personal problem with wearing a mask here in the office. We're asked to wear a mask when we leave our seats, if we're in communal areas, um, and, and I, I don't particularly have an issue with it. I, I don't massively have an issue with people not doing it either, um, but I don't, but I, I think. As rules go, this is not one that perhaps we should die in a ditch for, but lots of people are willing to, aren't it's they? A tremendous, uh, it's a tremendously weird um, uh, one to die uh, on a hill for, isn't it? Um, Suzanne Evans, I've written about this in the print edition of the New European. Please go and get the print edition of the New European. We didn't know, by the way, obviously, when we, when we put this issue out, which has got sort of Boris Johnson... It's his one-year anniversary as Prime Minister. He's, he's, he's surrounded by flames. There are flames sort of uh, behind him. And we didn't know about Chris Grayling then, and it seems even more appropriate. Mm. OK, he has won an election in that time, um, but, um, but it has been carnage, hasn't it? Anyway, um, there's, a, there's always been a big, in, strong intersection, hasn't there, between you know the Brexiteer... Brexiteers and what I would call right-wing libertarians mm. who, it wasn't just the EU they hated, mm. they just hate anyone, any rules, anything. And the reaction of some of these Brexiteers has been amazing. Suzanne Evans, who you remember used to be part of Nigel Farage's big the key team in UKIP, um, has said that um, well, she, mas- the mask is, is making her feel ill. She said she said she'd had to wear a mask during a haircut. Oh. I felt sick, claustrophobic. I had a mild panic attack. <laughs> I also developed a cold sore on my lip the next day for no apparent reason. Well, I, 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 can, I'm I suspect sure it the, mask the mask is to blame. Um, and she said uh, there's no evidence that masks work against COVID. And but there's no, also no evidence that they give you cold sores. Well, I mean, the, the World Health Organization says they do work against COVID. So, but you know, Suzanne Evans has got the ability <coughs> to diagnose. The cause of her cold sores with no medical training. Um, Douglas, Douglas Carswell, who was also in UKIP, Dougie Carswell, and he yeah. founded Vote Leave, co-founder of Vote Leave. He said he wasn't ever going to go to the shops again. Ever again. Uh, Desmond Swain, the cravatted Tory yeah. MP, yeah. Yeah. Uh, said nothing will make it less likely for me to go shopping than the thought of wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, Darren Grimes has said uh, that masks are dehumanising. Wow. Uh, you miss a smile and you miss dialogue with staff. Well, you I, might you might also miss coronavirus. Well, but, what I would know. also say is, Darren, I don't think you're missing too many smiles with or without the yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and um, then we get to these sort of libertarians. Muzzles should be voluntary, not mandatory. Another sinister encroachment of the state. That's Isabel Oakshot. Uh, who is, of course, uh, she's the 
She's what? Well, she's the Pig's Head exclusive woman, isn't she? she? Is, yeah, and also, yeah, yeah. Um, journalist. And also, she is the partner of uh, Pig's Head uh, Brexit Party Chairman Richard Di- uh, Tice. Um, and Peter Hitchens, um, they, they're all they're using this word muzzles, they don't call them mass, they say that we're being muzzled mm. uh, for obvious reasons. I use the word muzzle because that is the true purpose of these garments, to obtain submission and to sustain conformist fear. I see, I, I, listen, I, my view on this is... If Stop any, being stupid. There is an element of that, but if in a year's time... Stop being a nerk. Yeah, if uh, that as well. If if, if Boris Johnson in a year's time stands up and says, now is the time for us all to have chips implanted in our bodies so we can know exactly where you are at any given moment, and we will also be doing um, putting in cameras in everyone's televisions and doing a broadcast. That would be good. Daily. I thought you were going to say rectums then, so that's... I'm relieved. What you do, you didn't want a camera in your rectum, no. but you're happy to have it in your house. In, in my television. <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, you know... I, when they say that, let's let's have a serious conversation about um, state intervention. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I, I think if I, I almost, think, I mean, I, I would happily and have been happily going to the shops without a mask. Um, although in the past sort of couple of weeks, not that I'm a big shop goer, but if I were to pop into the supermarket or whatever, um, but in the past few weeks I've started wearing it, and it's not really for me. It's because if you know, little little man or a little old woman or whatever who has got serious serious concerns about their health i'd just like to give them a bit of confidence that at least i'm at least i'm recognizing that yeah yeah exactly. um, I, I see it more as a courtesy yes <clears throat> i don't want the state intervening in my life and it, you know and, and and telling me what to do in fact i'm as with somebody intervening in your <laughs> life to be fair yeah. you see my look at my hair <laughs> Do, we do need, need an inter- we definitely need several interventions, yeah. but I'm not sure that the uh, the mass one is. But I, I'm just I'm writing about it now, and I'm saying you know, we, we, if someone had told me this time last year that the government would go on national television on all channels and say stay at home, do not leave your house, Ooh. then I would have been well, Jesus Christ, what's happened? First of all, um, but I would have been fairly outraged about that. But knowing what we know. And we've got to remember that almost 50,000 people, probably more, if we're going to be honest, have died from this disease. Yes. This is not a heavy flu, which is what yeah, yeah. we kind of hoped it would be at the start. This is a serious illness that kills uh, seemingly healthy people. It's not just, not just people with underlying health issues, not just the elderly. It can kill healthy people. That's very true. And, I, and if, that means, if that means that for a short period, and by that I mean it could be a year, it could be 18 months, I have to, when I go to Marks and Spencers to buy my champagne, uh, yeah. oysters and caviar, yes. I have oh, to I wear a mask, or at least, you know, I, then I, I, I just, I don't have a massive issue with it. Even if you, even if you think that you're a, a libertarian and you don't need any protecting and all of that don't you think that you should try and do something for other people this is what i don't really understand about this it is a courtesy i think it's a courtesy to other people as also as i keep else. seeing um on facebook the stupid um remark that you know if I'm not wearing a mask but you're wearing a mask, well, I can't do you any damage because you're wearing a mask. But, of course, if you're both wearing a mask, I mean, you know, there are numerous explanations of this available, aren't there? But mm-hmm. if you're both wearing a mask, the risk is 
the risk is minimal. If one person is wearing a mask, the risk is far, far higher. I think it's three times higher. Uh, and then if nobody is wearing a mask, obviously the risk is <coughs> the, the risk of, of transmission then is, uh, is I th- that I guess greater. My, uh, I think, do you think that maybe it would have been better if they hadn't said, and you will get a fine? If they just said you could be refused entry into a shop, if well, you are, yeah, may, may, well, maybe. But I also think that you know, maybe I mean, that just takes it over the line. I prefer people, you know. I know nudge politics is great, and I and it can work. We've seen that with seatbelts, yes. with smoking. Yes. Um, uh, the problem is that it takes a very long time, and we we haven't got time to nudge people into wearing masks. Exactly. Um, but that is what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the the outrage at the smoking ban and at the uh, compulsory wearing of seatbelts. Um, it really reminds me of that. And, yeah. um, and, and I, you know, I just think that, um, you know, it's, it's so... Get rid of campaign to get rid of matter. Well, campaign to they're restrictive. Seatbelts are restrictive. Let yeah. us fly free. <laughs> Let Britons fly free <laughs> through, through the, the windscreen. The windscreen of red tape and bureaucracy, <laughs> the hated windscreen, and then... Look, I'm flying free. And land head first on the the glorious tarmac of Great Britain. (laughs) Exactly. It's the golden (laughs) road. Our tarmac. Our British tarmac, (laughs) by the way. Uh, Uh, Yes. Okay. uh, But anyway, at least we don't have to worry about Brexit, huh? Well, we don't have to worry about Brexit. It's all sorted out now. Um, Because we've got this lovely, shiny, new advertising campaign we have yeah and I, I, I have to say and i think 93 million quid wouldn't be a great shock to um is that how much your your car's going to cost so much it's, yeah I, I, it won't be a great shock to any of the listeners or to you steve that I, i've been a yeah, little bit little bit dubious about this whole brexit thing yes and i think that's probably something you would share as well yes i'm not in favor of it but now Having seen this ad... Well, um, let's get going. Oh, I mean, let's, let's get going. It's got little traffic lights yeah, on it and everything. Yeah, it seems yeah. to have two headlines, <laughs> a strap line, a slogan. It's, it's Can you dig it? It's can they should you have got the it? Mock Turtles yeah. on. Yeah. Can yeah, you dig it, it Britain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have been better. Um, they should have definitely got Rishi Sunak's people to do this, because he's far better at these. He is miles better, isn't he? He is mm. miles better. Um, so, uh, so if, if the listener hasn't seen it, explain it to them. Well, there's a series of... Um, I've not seen any TV ads. Mm-hmm. I've seen print ads. I'm I've sure seen, I saw a moving ad. Did I see it on YouTube or something? Or I've on seen... Um, yeah, I've just, maybe I've just not seen them. I have heard a radio advert. There is a... Uh, there's a, a, a advert at the bus stop near me. Radio advert. Brexit. Yeah. Brexit. Let's do it. Now back to the smooth hits of the 80s. <laughs> Brought to you by a smooth Brexit. That would be good, wouldn't it? If we had... Well, of course, the government have sponsored this remember, podcast with their the Brexit message. Do you remember that one? Brexit for men who don't have to think too hard. That would be that would be a better one. It's a little bit. You, have you seen? There's a, the brilliant Old Spice adverts where they take off. Yes, you know, they're, they're very taking good. Taking the out themselves, and the guy's going, "Look at your man. Look at me." It could be, "Look at Brexit. Look at me. Look at Brexit. Keep your eyes on me. Focus on me. Brexit's great." You know, <laughs> would have worked wouldn't it that would be good yeah we need to start we need to set up an advertising I agency i think we probably do Horry and anglesey adverts when you go through to the um to the campaign page mm-hmm. it sort of tells you less good news doesn't it it's oh. sort of and then the eu have released a document as Ooh. well and it sort of says things like these are things to think about because they're, they're saying 
you know, it's not just for businesses now. These are things that you need to think about as well. Think about? We've got no choice. Think about, and they're saying, if you're planning to go to Europe... Don't. After... Why would you want to go there? It stinks. next year, yeah. One, it smells. The cheese is runny. <laughs> All of that. Not Don't like, go to Europe smelly. It's not <laughs> like crumbly, like our cheese, our special cheese. Um... They've said you're probably going to have to buy travel insurance because your e-hit card's not going to work. Yeah. If you want to take your dog... You can't. Yeah, just shoot your dog. <laughs> shoot your dog. Because the pet passport, that isn't going to work. <laughs> Actually, the advice. Shoot your Brexit, yeah. shoot your dog. Shoot your, no. <laughs> no, shoot your dog. <laughs> the time has come to do what you have to do for Britain. <laughs> shoot Fido. Sorry, Fido. <laughs> Brexit means Brexit. No, Sorry, Rover. If you're going to take your mobile phone, don't. Just, but just don't <laughs> shoot your shoot mobile your phone. Mobile phone. <laughs> Give your mobile, feed your mobile phone to the dog, um, because the roaming charges are going back up. If you want to take your car, don't do that. Run well, you over your dog you, you and your mobile worry, phone. You don't need to worry about. That. I don't need to worry about. That. Run over the dog. Shoot the mobile Shoot phone. Shoot the mobile phone. Take your car to health. Because you're international. Dri- you're going to need an international driving permit and higher insurance. And it, these things just go on. Oh, and if you've got a nice, if you've got a passport that isn't one of the nice blue ones don't. that actually look black, <laughs> then don't bother with that because some of these foreigners, Johnny Foreigner's not going to let you in his country, nah, his nine. or her country, unless you've got six months left on your passport. Yeah, yeah, and quite rightly so. Well, it's quite I, rightly so because they make the passports, don't they, the Europeans? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. in their interest. If only the Remain campaign had mentioned these oh. things instead of GDP. Oh. I mean, they could have mentioned that as well, but if only they'd said, travel insurance is going to cost a lot, orders is going to cost a lot, and you'll have to shoot your dog, I reckon we would have won. Dog shooting, I think that would have been, yeah. We could have put that on the side of a bus. Definitely. You'll have to shoot your dog, vote Remain. <laughs> <laughs> Save Fido, vote Remain. Uh, so there you go. Um, but it's all worth it because... Um, there's all the benefits of Brexit, isn't yes, there? Yes, do we? I mean, we we have, we have to be impartial. So tell us the benefits. There are please. massive benefits. Well, yeah. people who love red tape, that's good because who doesn't like red tape? So oh, I mean, yeah. so uh, seven billion a year extra that British businesses are going to have to spend. Uh, that's all right on because processes. nothing else has happened that has meant this country has taken a financial hit. No, that's right. So we're, so that's we're in good shape. Seven billion. And then if you like the countryside, mm. like me, oh, yeah. and if you like the Kent countryside, which oh, is yeah, quite yeah, a difficult yeah, thing yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Then you'll be delighted to hear that 27 acres of beautiful farmland in, a- in Ashford, in Kent, which voted 59.4% leave, by the way, is going to be turned into a lorry park. What was that you said? Your favourite parks are car parks. You're <laughs> in luck. <laughs> so there you what go. Is, what is your favourite car park? I've had some sad news this week. Well, about mine. About your favourite car park. What is your favourite car park? Well, I have two, but my, but my and this is actually a thing, as my, as friends of mine will uh, attest to. My favourite car park is the multi-storey car park, which is connected to the indoor market in Huddersfield. Oh yes, I know it well. I, I, yeah, well, I'm afraid. Is it no more? Uh, well, yeah, I believe it is coming down. Oh no. And I think it's a, a brilliant piece of brutal architecture. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, it isn't the best piece of brutal architecture, but I thought it was beautiful when I was a kid. My second favourite car park is car park six at the White Rose Centre in Beeston in Leeds. Oh, 
That's good. Is that for any personal reasons? I, well, I used to park. I used to work in the petrol station there as a oh, student, I and I used to I used to park there. So it's got many happy memories. I used to sit there and listen to a bit of music before my shift started, and you know, I just, that's nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, the car parking um, get Carter. Well, I used sadly, to have, which is sadly no more. Has gone. I used to have a picture of that on my bedroom wall. Yeah. Beautifully brutalist. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good. That's a good car park. Gates, I would yeah, say yeah. that's a top car park. That is a brilliant car. Um, there is a very beautiful. Um, car park which i think they're now there's they're like a sort of skyscraper style yeah, car parks in chicago cool. which cool. are on the on the river which are on the right on the river um quite near the uh, the legendary billy goat tavern if you yep. ever go there yep. Yep. Um, yep. and some of the, i think a lot of those are now uh, the last well the, the last time i went which only the second time i went one of them was in the process of being turned into it's a shame. but they look like because they're there they look like little apartments for cars yeah it's really exciting yeah 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 they do that in germany as well don't they they have them on the they go on in fact there's one in leeds or they used to be it's or like or a any, ferris any wheel. of those on the ferris wheel They're yeah brilliant. those ones in those ones in manhattan on They're, the ferris wheel oh, wow oh. oh that is car park heaven car, car park, park heaven. heaven there's people trying to find a room outside i'm waving at them are you waving at them yeah um so yes we I, I, there's going to be a big car park um yes. well i mean i like a car park so that's not the end of the world but it i doesn't. also do like the countryside and i imagine the locals won't be that keen so that's good. Uh, and Brexiteers are kicking off about the withdrawal agreement as well. What's new? So what's new? What's so new? another great week in Brexit. Another great week. Have you got a quiz for us, I've got Steve? a little quiz. Would you like to do uh, a quiz? Yes. I've got five great questions. These are, right. these are all killer, no filler. Um, well, I'll be the judge of that. Question one. I don't think I've been doing too well on the quizzes of late, because we didn't have one last week, because we did our lovely live pod. We did. Didn't we? Which that's went, right. Which went well. I hope you all enjoyed that. It thank was, you for I, your... I really enjoyed it. Thank I you for it was your... Great. Uh, um, I always like those because it gives other people a chance to talk without m- you and me droning on. We literally just go, hmm, what do you think? And yeah. then I was like playing Candy Crush on my phone. Yeah, it's magic, <laughs> isn't it? Retro Bowl's the one. Oh, I know, you tell me. Retro Bowl, the American football game. <coughs> uh, question one, in what year was the 1922 committee founded? Right. Question two. I think I know that, actually. Why was Mrs Thatcher known as Daggers yeah. by her enemies in the cabinet? Uh, question three: Cheltenham MP Henry Bellingham's ancestor, Ooh, John I Bellingham. Henry, Be- Hen- I think Henry Bellingham is a. F- is, a f- is there another Henry Bellingham then? Oh, because Sir, Sir Henry stood down. Was, did he stand out? So he's former, former, he's former, okay, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did stand down. You're right. He did. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a he's a, an interesting chap. He he once told me I was I had a meeting with him in in Porkle's house and he said. Oh, by the way, I don't like this bloody new European thing that you're publishing. And I went, oh, well, you know, everyone's allowed no, he to there. He, he's, uh, he's, um, he's, he's still in. Right, so... Oh, no, he is, no, he's not. He did stand down, yeah. He did, yeah. yeah. And he, and he I said... I thought I'd gone mad for a second. Well, then. I think you probably have. He said, I don't like this new European thing that you're publishing. And I said, oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to do that, but, you know, everyone has the right to... Exp- oh, I absolutely agree. I'm happy to write for it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> A small consideration. Uh, so sorry. So um, sorry. So Henry Bellingham's ancestor, John Bellingham, was uh-huh. hanged in London in eighteen twelve for what crime? Ooh. In twenty fifteen. Question me. four. The House of Lords opened a new fire safety equipment storeroom. What was the room that's now got fire equipment in, previously used as? And question five, why was Mambo number five? Right. Dumped as the official theme song of the 2000 Democratic Convention when Al Gore was nominated. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, th- these are fascinating questions of which I only know the answer to one. Great, okay. I shall guess. Well, have a little think while we're listening to your interview with... Um, Mr Ice Cream himself. Mr Ice Cream himself. Frida Rockwell next. It was you. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Welcome back. Now, as I mentioned to, to Steve just prior, I've got a very special guest. We've had lots of guests on this podcast. We've had um, the likes of Jeremy Corbyn. We've had, um, I think we had Keir Starmer at one stage as well. We've had all kinds of incredible guests, but this is the one I'm most excited about. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you uh, uh, Friedel Rockwell, who is a well, he's going to be a star. Um, so <laughs> welcome to the pod. Tell, why don't you tell everyone uh, exactly why I've got you on? Well, about, I guess, about 17 years ago, I started writing letters to everyone of consequence and importance in the UK. And I asked them, I sent them all the same letter. I said, um, could you please tell me your um, favorite flavor ice cream? Mine's chocolate. <laughs> and then uh, asked them for a picture for my very important person collection. And uh, <laughs> during the lockdown, I found all the responses. I have a couple hundred from various people. So that's why that's how this has come about now, then. You, you were at a bit of a loose end, were you, during lockdown, and you started looking through your old correspondence? Kind of. There's more my wife told me to clean the closet out. <laughs> and I went, ah, there they are. <laughs> okay, there's lots of questions I need to ask you. Firstly, okay. firstly um, Mr. Rockwell, why on earth did you spend time, as a much younger man, I presume, sending letters to politicians, people of no... What, what, and, and why were you obsessed with their favourite ice cream? Uh, well, I mean, it's fun to write important people, and this was before Twitter, so you couldn't really access people yeah. on a personal level in, in the same way that you can now. So I, I, I have written many people around the world just different times, sometimes seeing what they would respond. But if you write too long a letter or it's too in-depth, you don't get a response. And I, I sort of hit upon this as something that people are more willing to tell you about. It's, and also, it just was hugely entertaining once it started. And I'd come home from work every day, and I'd have a, a letter from Richard Branson or some prime minister or who someone, was, and, you know, it was great. Who was, the first, who was the first person you wrote to? Can you remember? Yeah, Tony Blair. And, and and Tony Blair did reply, I think, didn't he? Uh, eventually. It took three or four letters. There were some people I was more persistent with. And tell, um, us, what, I, tell us what Mr. Blair's favorite ice cream was then. Well, it's chocolate, and, and controversially, uh, Cherry Blair was, um, Cherry Blair, sorry, is uh, strawberry. So they're on the opposite ends of the, the <laughs> Neapolitan spectrum, as I call it. So. <laughs> and what's, what, what is the most common ice cream flavor that you get back? Well, I, I, this was surprising, but actually vanilla is probably the most common, Well, uh, as we, I wasn't expecting. Well, when we were discussing you, you coming on the pod, I did reveal that my favourite ice cream is vanilla, and I felt a bit, I almost feel a bit ashamed when I say it's vanilla. It seems so, well, vanilla, I guess, doesn't it? It's, it's, a, it's very dull. Should people be ashamed of liking vanilla? No, no, I, I think you're in really good company. As I, I mentioned in that email, Ann Whittacombe, Richard Branson, um, and even Tony, Tony Benn. Um, although he said that he liked it dusted with chocolate powder. Oh, I don't know. I've never heard of that before, but yeah. <laughs> so, so um, but also some strange things. Banana was in increasing, was surprisingly yeah, who, common who, who was and it? rum was and it? raisin. Who, 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 does anyone, cause, but I don't think I would, 
think I've ever even heard of banana flavored ice cream. I mean, is that was there anyone in particular that, that chills banana? Yeah, uh, I think it was Tim Smith, who's the founder of the Eden Project, and I want to say Andrew Motion, the, who was the poet laureate at the time. But I think that's right. I don't have his letter in front of me, but yeah, there were three or four. It was very surprising. I don't think you get banana flavored ice cream in in the frozen aisle in Morrison's. I have to say, I think uh, I no. think that's a bit a bit posh. Of all the people, and how many letters you think hundreds of letters you sent out? You think it's hard to count them because they're all in just a series of box files, but. And, and some of them are responses where I just get a picture or I just get a, you know, a slip of paper with no answer. But I think I've probably got 150 to 200. Wow. And, and you have now started taking this onto social media. You've decided that now is the time to do this. And I have to say that, you're, you know, I, I have to sit with, I'm no great fan of Twitter. And I, have to, I have to sit with it scrolling on my screen all day long, usually just, you know, bile, whether it's aimed at me or not. <laughs> And and your Twitter feed is an oasis of brilliance. It is absolutely fantastic. So what we've got so tell us your Twitter Twitter handle first because I want everyone to go and start following you because it is superb. Uh thank you. Okay, so it's just my name, Fredo Rockwell, which is F R E D O uh Rockwell. I do get a lot of letters to Frida. Um Christine <laughs> Hamilton wrote me as Frida. But um Oh. But uh, yeah, it's Fredo Rockwell, and that's just my name. I've also got an Instagram where I, I don't sometimes I forget, but I usually post that the same same handle. And at the moment, I've only got two followers, and you're one of them. So I'm, I'm very pleased that you like it. I am, but I can assure you that the listeners of the New European Podcast will will pile on in the very nicest sense, I'm sure, and probably tell you their favorite ice cream flavors as well. Uh, is the, so this is very, and I love the pictures as well, because they're very much of the time, aren't they, some of these pictures? Yeah, um, I'm not sure this would work now, because this is like email existed, but it wasn't, you know, there were people were still sending letters, and yeah. there were still stacks of photos in people's offices that they handed out. Uh, one of the pictures that I really liked was, um, was uh, oh my goodness, I've forgotten his name, the former Tory party chairman who spent some time at Her Majesty's Pleasure. Oh, Jeffrey Archer. Jeffrey Archer, of course. My memory is going. I love the picture yeah. of Jeffrey Archer. Is there a particular picture? Because they sign them as well. They're all very pleased with themselves, aren't they, signing these pictures? Is there a particular picture well, that stands out? I've got one staring at me at the moment from Yuri Geller, <laughs> who uh, also likes vanilla. That, that was a good one. Um, trying to think pictures. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the pictures are all, uh, they're all posed. They're all quite standard, yeah. other than a few. I know there's one that's really weird. David Davis sent me the smallest picture it's like a wallet size picture that you might have of your kids i don't know did you put it in your wallet <laughs> no <laughs> no well, i haven't <coughs> well listen this is a, a, a brilliant piece of light in what is in what a, a difficult times and maybe we could we could touch on that just briefly do, i mean do, have you been a listener to the european podcast are, are you a you know do you read the paper is that how you sort of stumbled upon upon us well it's my main news source so yeah i, I i've been a listener for a couple of years now yeah. and you you describe yourself as a citizen of the world so you i, I imagine the, the sort of last um last four years have been fairly depressing for you yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I've always felt like the EU was something that, you know, had a lot of problems and stuff. But I remember there was a moment before, this, you know, the whole Brexit thing got properly in, into swing where I just had a moment where I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be an absolute disaster. This yeah. can't happen. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I, I started listening to you guys, yeah, at least two years ago. 
don't okay. remember, but yeah. Well, we've got better since then, I think, I hope, because we were pretty <laughs> dreadful back then. But but thank you for listening. Do you, do you hold out any hope for the, for the UK as it stands? Because... Um, you know, we see even in the news this week, things don't seem to be um, getting any better with regards to negotiations, relationships with the EU. There's a lot of things, of course, that um, that we, you know, we we talked about prior to us coming on on the pod that listeners will have heard about. What you know, the, the kind of restrictions people are going to start facing. I saw something on Twitter <clears throat> um, earlier on this week with a, with a chap who said, "It's just dawned on me." I don't think this Brexit thing's a very good idea. I voted for it, and I, I and, and now I've been told my holidays are going to cost more, my travel insurance is going to cost more. I'm not going to be able to take my dog abroad, you know. And, and it, it, do you think that there is a, a, a turn, a groundswell, maybe from from leavers, not necessarily Brexiteers, because I think there is a difference, but from from leavers who voted and then sort of happily forgot about it, and now there is this dawn about to be this dawning realization. I. I remember, um, I think it was Alistair Campbell said that it was going to be a, a long road back to the EU for, for the UK if that was to ever happen in, in the last, in the uh, anniversary podcast. And I, I have to agree. I think it's going to take a while. In the same way it took, what, 30, 40 years for the, um, for the Brexit campaign really to develop, I think it'll take a while. But I am profoundly optimistic about the UK's chances. I think leaving the, the EU is a really stupid thing to do, but... Um, I mean, I, I moved to this country, I, and I know British people tend to be quite, um, they, they can sometimes be uh, not as patriotic maybe as I'm used to back home, but yeah. I do think this is an amazing country. I think it's got a lot going for it, and I don't mean that in a sort of Boris Johnson way. I mean, it's, it's quite, I do honestly think this is a great country with a lot of resources, and yes, leaving the EU was not a good move, I don't think, but uh, I think we'll be okay. Okay, just before you leave us, um, I think you, you did get a response from, from the Prime Minister, didn't you, before, long before he was the Prime Minister? Can you, can you tell us what Boris Johnson's favourite ice cream was? Uh, yeah, it was chocolate. That was when he was the, um, ed- the editor of The Spectator. It was chocolate. He does look like... I've a, got a, one from MI6 as well. Oh, <laughs> go on. <laughs> I wrote this to Sir Richard Dearlove, who was the... Um, the head of MI6 at the time, and it says, uh, I know this will come as something of a disappointment, but I have to tell you that SIS, the SIS does not issue photographs of members of staff, nor do we divulge their taste in ice cream. And it's because the MI6 is a secret organization and must remain so if it is to carry out its work effectively. So there you go, state secret. That is extraordinary. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is absolutely I, I've never, brilliant. Yeah. I can't, I've never been able to tell if that was like a really, really officious civil servant or if that was meant as a joke because it's just played so well if it's a joke. Well, either way, it's fantastic. Um, remind us again of your Twitter feed because if you want more like this, listeners, please do go on. It's, it's, your na- it's just your name, isn't it? It's just, uh, it's yeah, just, Fredo, Fredo Rockwell. Fredo yeah. Rockwell. And I'll, I'll publish Alistair Campbell soon, I found his. Oh, fantastic. Well, we'll have to, we'll yeah. have to uh, make sure that Alistair sees that. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for, for listening to us in the first place, and thanks so much for getting in touch. Um, do yeah, stay no, in I'm, touch. I'm really honoured. Do stay in yeah, touch. And, and what I'm going to do is, what I, we, it, the, the, the era of letter writing might have, might have passed us by now, very sadly. Um, but if I do, and I sometimes do, come across any politicians or famous people, on your behalf, I shall ask them what their favourite <laughs> ice cream is, and I shall let you know on Twitter. It's been an absolute pleasure. Be thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Brexiteer of the Week. 
Welcome back. Hey, what about what about Frida Rockwell? Amazing. He's a superstar. Well, I absolutely think this guy is going to be. I can I'm, I can see me buying that book at Christmas. If you are a publisher, get in touch with this guy because that would that is a brilliant Christmas book to put in the toilet. It is. And the pictures are fantastic. Get follow him on Twitter. Do it now. Right, let's do these quiz answers, and then we'll crown a Brexit here of the week. We shall. Okay. Question one: In what year was the 1922 committee founded? Right. Well, I, th- I, I'll tell you the reason. Committee I th- of, is that a committee for all Tory MPs or just backbench Tory MPs? Backbenchers, so very powerful. Yeah. Um, and prime ministers and leaders, are, you know, often will address the 22. Now, in 2010, there was a, 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 a another sort of gang. Um, that was founded, and I think they were called the 37 or something like that, and the reason was that was how many seats they... Uh, how many extra seats they needed to win to get an outright majority because they'd gone into a coalition. Now, some, it was something along those yes. lines. My maths will be wrong. So I think I have read somewhere that the 22 wasn't set up in 1922, which you would imagine, and in 22, I think, there was a general election. Yes. And it... So, there, I guess you might be, people might be thinking it was the something to do with that, but I actually think it was the incomers that founded it a year later in in twenty in nineteen twenty three. Yes, and it was sort of based initially on the new people that had come into parliament. This is all correct. It was founded in nineteen twenty two. Was founded in nineteen twenty three. Why was Mrs Thatcher known as Daggers by her enemies in the cabinet? Daggers. I mean, I bet she threw a few daggers, yeah. as in looks. Is yeah. that it? No, no, it's because on the tube, Dagenham is three stops beyond barking. <laughs> That's very good. This is good. Henry Bellingham's ancestor, John Bellingham. Yeah. Why was he hanged in London in 1812? I'm just guessing here. I, I'm guessing. I should have maybe rung Sir Henry, shouldn't I, and asked him. Maybe, I, I think willing what, to write about it. Yeah, willing to write about it. Um, what about uh, cattle rustling? Well, it's, it's political in nature. It's a political crime. Oh, treason? Well, it's a sort of treason. Oh, go on. He he was the assassin of the only British Prime Minister to be assassinated. Are you joking? Spencer Percival. Are you kidding me? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. He's related to, to Henry wow. Bellingham. Wow. Uh, the House of Lords yeah. Fire Safety Equipment Storeroom right. uh, was opened in 2015. What was the room previously used as i'd like to think it was a um urinal it was the house of lords rifle range <laughs> we take your dog to the house of lords where in <laughs> where in in happier times you could go in and use a pistol as well but eventually wow. it was it was only because of that is great because fact. of these nan- this nanny state that we've got <laughs> no guns it was, they, in the end they were restricted to using small rifles. Well, this is great facts, and clearly I'm doing very badly. Maybe I can, maybe I can try and somewhat turn it around with. Uh, and I think you can probably, you can probably guess. Can this I? One. I really don't know. Why was Mambo Number no. Five dumped as the official theme song of the 2000 Democratic Convention? It is. Is it a reference to a, a sexual act, a Mambo Number no. Five? It is not a mention. Well, <laughs> there is, but there is a sexual act. Uh, related to this. So in the lyrics, is there a sexual act well, referred to? What are the lyrics of Mambo Number no. 5? Do you want them admit to uh, knowing what they are? I think it starts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. That's the safe bit. Yeah, go on. Everybody, something. Let's get to the chorus. Come on and jive. Get to the chorus. 
I, don't, I honestly don't know. He, well, he says a little bit of moniker in my life, doesn't he? A little bit of moniker yeah. in my life. And of course, rude? at the time, it was the time of Monica oh. Lewinsky. <laughs> oh, right. So, so not actually rude, but kind of unfortunate. So, it was, so this was planned, and then at the last minute, somebody went, have you heard the first line <laughs> of the chorus of this? And I went, yeah. I'm like, very keen on this song. So, uh, so there you go. And that's absolutely true. Very good, very good. Well, I hope you guys did better than I did on the uh, on the quiz there. That was a, a tr- I think that's my worst week on the quiz. Uh, it might be, yeah. Awful. It might be. I hope someone's keeping my quiz scores. That would be good. Okay, let's um, turn to some other losers, please, and the Brexiteers of the Week. Okay, uh, I've got several Brexiteers of the Week. Um, one is held over from last week's print edition of the New European. I did want to mention this. Um, obviously, we didn't do Brexiteer of the Week last no, week. It was one of those rare weeks. Alistair and Matt and Liz Gerard were on, and, and it was all going well. Um, but Frederick Forsyth, who's been in the Brexiteers of the Week before, he wrote The Day of the Jackal. He's now in his 80s, and he writes a, a bizarre column for the yeah. Daily Express. <laughs> um, he has unveiled... Unveiled? Unveiled? He's... <laughs> Showed a bit of Un- veal. Unveiled. He's Could you unveil this plate? But you ordered the veal, sir. That's ridiculous. <laughs> He's unveiled uh, his, his cunning plan to end civil unrest. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, where's this going? Take a leaf from the army. Right. Use snipers. E- oh. Not with bullets, but no. with film and with telescopic sights. Take a half a dozen high-rise roosts around the protest site right. and install marksmen with their scope, sights and cameras, the faces will be fixed fixed in freeze frame. I think that's the faces of the protesters yeah. rather than the, the snipers. Yeah. Enlarge and in- identify. Then it is down to the magistrates. There will be no legal defence possible in the face of the snipers' photographic evidence. Sentence them to 100 hours potato lifting. <laughs> Lots of chips... A grateful fa- he wrote this i'm not making it up lots of chips a grateful farmer and all that energy uh, usefully worked up the well, that- healthy potato fields await well i mean and i bet i bet frederick forsyth doesn't wear a mask uh, he doesn't wear a mask he won't wear a mask he but he's happy for video he snipers to be on the roofs of the buildings absolutely fantastic he is i think we might have talked about this before um if we haven't uh, Boris, do you remember Build, Build, Build? That was the slogan a couple of weeks ago. Build, Build, Build. Before Let's Get Going. The Build, 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 we have found out, of course, that Build, Build, Build actually has put no extra cash into That's infrastructure. That's right, we have. <laughs> um, we may have mentioned this, or we may not have done. Um, uh, the slogan itself, it turns out, has been nicked from the Philippines. It was Rodrigo, President Rodrigo Duterte. He won the 26th. 2016 election on a slogan of build, build, build. He said he was going to spend $114 billion on 75 infrastructure product, uh, projects um, by last year. So they, they kicked off in 2016. By late last year, uh, November 2019, only nine of the projects had started. Uh, then in January, the government uh, said that only... Um, uh, half of the 75 projects would be finished by the end of Duterte leaving office in 2022. Now it's scrapped... Oh, no, in January this year, it scrapped 43 of the projects altogether, um, and now they've said that none of them will be finished by the time he leaves office. Well, it probably will be better than... Uh, Good omens, I would say, Bozza. I would also say that, you know, he's not the first um, build-related 
um, uh, politician to use a build-related slogan because, of course, Barack Obama used "Yes, we can." Yeah, which exactly. is what Bob the Bob Builder, Builder says. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he did a version of Mambo Number no. Five. Did he? Oh, he did you're right? He, he did, did a chart-topping version of Mambo Number no. Five. See how it all knits together. It's incredible. This, absolutely incredible. Uh, Daniel Hanan. Right. He's the the brain yeah, of Brexit, as we know. Uh, he has written an article uh, in the Washington Examiner, uh, and he said, "I had all but written President Trump off." Um, then he said he watched uh, his speech at Mount Rushmore, and he said, "Now I believe that he might be hard to beat," uh, which is strange because Trump's nearly ten percent down in the polls to Joe Biden. He's five percent down in polls in Texas. Wow where wow. the Democrats haven't won since Jimmy Carter in 1976. So that's 10 elections he's not won. But Daniel Hanan says he might be hard to beat uh, Donald Trump. But then he said about Brexit before the referendum, absolutely nobody is talking about threatening our place in the single market. And in February 19, he wrote, uh, this year, he wrote, the coronavirus isn't going to kill you. It really isn't. Uh, but the Brexiteer of the week yeah. is Joni Collins. Oh, Joni Collins. That is a first. She's definitely not been Brexiteer. She's of the week never before. been Brexiteer. It's of the week a debut. Before. Straight in a number one. Brexit is going to. What's your favourite Joan Collins thing? What's your favourite thing about Joan Collins? I quite like that pure evil. Um, oh yes. print yeah, of yeah, yeah, Joan yeah. Collins that I've got. Joan Collins. Yeah, yeah. she was in sort of um, raunchy sex comedies of the. Well, they were. I don't think they were sex comedies, were they? I think if she was in the Stud and the Bitch, which <laughs> were which were. Very big. It was in, in my secondary school. If you'd seen either the stud or the bitch, you, you were a made man. Wow. I can tell you wow. now. Who is it that? Wh- which actress is it that the um, that the lead or the co-character in in um, in Crash obsesses about? In uh, you know the book, the book, and then Cronenberg. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, the Ballard book, and then Cronenberg. Is that John Collins? Is it Joan Collins? I don't know. Anyway, someone will tell us on Twitter. Carry Some, on. Somebody must tell us on Twitter. I feel. Um, I feel. I mean, she was. She was. You know, she was a, a, a sort of. You know, English answer to Elizabeth Taylor, wasn't she? Joan Collins in the fifties. I, I think, think it's Elizabeth was, Taylor that he obsesses with. Actually, I think it's it Elizabeth, is Elizabeth Taylor. Taylor yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And it's also Elizabeth Taylor in the pure evil things as well, isn't it? There is no. There's Joan Collins. There's Joan yeah, Collins yeah, as well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. of course there is. Um, and um, I think there is. Now you've got me wondering. Yeah. I think, it might, I think you might be right. I'm getting Joan Collins mixed up with Elizabeth Taylor, aren't Don't I? Don't get those two mixed ah. up. I mean, her fav- uh, finest moment for me was she was in Cinzano adverts with Leonard Rossiter in the 1970s, which to people of your age, is I could, it's just moon man talk. Who are these yeah, people? Don't know, don't know. What is Cinzano? Well, I know what Leonard it is. I've never had it. Um, anyway, um, she said a few years ago, Brexit is going to be very good for us. Um... For the last few years, you've been able to go into Marks and Spencers and get uh, a makeup range for mm. the, I think, for the older lady. Uh, uh-huh. Timeless Beauty. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah. it's well, much endorsed. Like you. you could do the new endorsement. I could. Do. You're a timeless endorsed beauty. by Joan Collins's Timeless Beauty. Mm-hmm. You've been able to go and buy that in Marks and Spencers, and now it has been cruelly scrapped. And guess why? Well, I, I'm kind of guessing it might have something to do with their political views. Uh-huh. Uh, a spokesman for Joan Collins said the umbrella company that produced the line Richard and Atted, uh, Richards and Appleby uh-huh. have had financial difficulties oh, due no. in part to years of Brexit insecurity. Oh, no. As a result, it has been winding up many of its associations, which included us. Oh. So Joan Collins, who said, 
uh, Brexit is going to be very good for us. Um, has lost uh, some gainful employment because of Brexit. Yeah, and I would like to... Richards and Appleby, by the way, say that's not true and Brexit's not to blame after all. Oh, OK, we've got to get that in there legally. And I think probably I should make a, a, an apology as well to Elizabeth Taylor. Yes, do, yeah. It is Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. <laughs> it is, quite I did right. wonder what you were going on about, Joe Collins. Well, I've never framed that one. It's, un- it's, in, the, it's, in, the, uh, it's in the art store, is that one. I've never framed great, it, so... I mean, great. Um, she was great in Dynasty. Yeah, which was brilliant. She played. Um, she played. She played. Didn't she? Was she Alexis? Alexis. Crystal. But what was the last name? Colby. What, Colby. What was the What was the main family in, in Dynasty? Lake Carrington. That's it. Oh, she, she was. She was the previous. Um, she was the previous wife of Blake Carrington, played by John Forsyth. Happy days. I was more of a Dallas man. Yeah, it was good. I tell you what was good. Um, was that Fallon, who was the daughter, yeah. was in one, seri- one series ended with Fallon being kidnapped by aliens. Yes, that's right. It yeah. did. Yeah. It I didn't see it, but did. I've read about that. Yeah. I don't know what happened to Fallon after that, played by Pamela Sue Martin. Intergalactic yeah. fame awaits, I guess. That I would know. be good. Um, just quickly before we go... If, if Chris Grayling... Yeah. If Chris Grayling was on the cusp of nothing can go wrong now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with that probe? That's the last we would hear of him. <laughs> what are you doing with that probe? Oh, it's a it's a government probe. <laughs> we listen to the new European podcast and have this great idea about putting, putting cameras at people's bottoms. <laughs> Thanks for that, Richard. Um <laughs> What I've got to say, right, I'm in the middle of Succession Series 2. It's the best thing that's been and on TV whoa, for years. It is superb. But as an aside, and a no, not all of you are lucky enough as I am to, uh, to be able to watch it, I think it's on, it's on Sky, isn't it? It's which, on is, Sky. which is quite funny, really, isn't it? Yes, it, is, it a, is. Yeah. It is a HBO. It's basically a, a satire of the Murdoch family. Um, just absolutely fantastic and so well written it is superb if you haven't seen it do, do yeah they are re- all perfect all aren't really they? good but um but what you can certainly watch on iplayer i don't know if you've seen it is a brilliant documentary called the murdoch dynasty oh i've not seen it um i watched the first episode last night lots of stuff about which me and alistair were talking about last week of course about the Hayman Islands when they went over yes, to yes, maybe yes. Some, loads of great footage of alistair from there and he's right. interviewed in it now as well Lots of super stuff. The Wolfman Neil Wallace <gasps> is in there. Yeah, he's talking about how um, Murdoch changed to Blake. It's absolutely fascinating. Well worth Brilliant. a watch. So check that out when you get a chance, dear listener. And what else should the listener do? Uh, the listener should join the New European Facebook Readers Group. The New European. Uh, the New European um, is also. Uh, you should also like the New European Facebook page. Do it. Uh, please buy a print edition of the New European. It's three quid a week. If you go to the neweuropean.co.uk and you've not subscribed before, you can get your first 13 issues for 13 quid. Not bad. That's a damn good deal, I would That's say. A damn good deal. Um, just visit our website anyway. It's Do full, that. It's full of red-hot Brexit chat. Join the millions and millions of would people. Would have said it is a remarkable success story it led really by is. the great John O'Reid and, of course, Jasper Copping. Um, and then um, I would like you to leave a lovely review for this podcast. <clears throat> Very important on your podcatcher of choice. It's especially about time. important on iOS. Yeah, it's about Apple time podcasts. we went and read some some reviews. It is. Out. So if get you leave your us a lovely in. review. Get your yeah. review in this week and we'll, and we'll, 
we'll get to that in the next week or so. And Twitter, now the blue ticks are back. I've got a blue tick. Have you got a blue tick? Yeah, my blue ticks didn't go anywhere. I've always had a blue tick. Yeah, but you, you weren't allowed to post for a little bit, were you? On, I wasn't. On Wednesday night. Nobody was. Oh, right. I don't use it that often. That I would have noticed, I'm afraid. Uh, yes, um, because of hackers. Blue um. ticks were... Oh, were they were temporarily suspended. Oh, I saw the Obama Elon, and stuff Elon Musk and, Elon and Obama's Musk. accounts were hacked. So did people yeah, try yeah. and hack our accounts because we've got blue ticks? And yes, they are very, I think they probably did. Very important. We are massively important, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can follow the New European at the New European. Uh, don't hack us. And you can follow me at Sanglesey. Did you apply for your blue tick? G-L-E-S-E-Y. Did you apply for it? Somebody else applied for it on my behalf. <laughs> Who applies for blue ticks? Uh, mine just arrived. Social Who? media managers, largely. Social, oh, so, uh, John sorts out our blue ticks, does he? He sorts out our blue ticks, but my blue tick has been existent since. But I, was I know someone who's been trying to get a blue tick. Editor Oh, I see. I know someone who's been trying to get a blue tick for many years and 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 can't, and it's become a bit of an obsession. I well. And hates it. Hates, hates it, it that I've got one. Hates, hates it. it. Very proud of my blue tick. Um, hey. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the New European Podcast. Um, it is an absolute joy and a wonder to us that you bothered to tune in. Thank Please you. continue doing it. Tell all your friends. Leave us reviews. Get on Twitter. Tell everyone how brilliant we are. Um, and if you don't agree with that, then, you know, go and listen to something else, I guess, because we will continue rambling as long as you'll have us. We will be back next week. Until then, Mr. Campbell, please play your bagpipes. Here you go.